This episode is brought to you by Graybar. Graybar is a trusted and leading North American distributor of electrical, communications, data networking, and industrial products that supports projects of any industry. Construction, hospitals, industrial plants, schooling, and more. Yep, Graybar does that. Graybar operates with one clear mission, to serve as the vital link in the supply chain, adding value for customers and suppliers with innovative solutions and services. But here's what makes them different from the competition. Being able to effectively navigate supply chains to get products on-site and on-time is crucial these days. And Graybar's nationwide logistics network, with over 290 locations across the country, assists owners and professionals build and maintain the operations in their electrical, communications, and industrial world by providing them what they need, when and where they need it, and within budget. Yep, Graybar does that. To view more information on their services, head to graybar.com. That's G-R-A-Y-B-A-R.com. Yep, Graybar does that. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. As we speak, I'm in my 38th year of being self-employed, but when my business was bigger, I needed Indeed. Frankly, because I wasn't all that good at finding and hiring the right candidates. But by leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. So ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with the right candidates faster. And... Golf Smarter listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Golf Smarter. Please visit Indeed.com slash Golf Smarter right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed here. That's Indeed.com slash Golf Smarter. Terms and conditions apply. Do you need to hire? You need Indeed. One part of my game has benefited the most from caddying. It's absolutely course management. Like for instance, Ocean Course is a Pete Dye course. What he does is visual deception. He makes it look like there's nowhere to land your tee shot when in reality there's a 60 yard fairway out there. So a lot of times while I'm caddying on the second hole and the guys are looking at it and I can see in their face that they're like, where do I hit this? This looks impossible. I'll tell them, look, to you this looks impossible, but to me I see if you know how far you hit your driver, then you have literally 100 yards of room out there to land this. So if we pick the right target, you got 50 yards on both sides. So I would say course management is by far the thing that I've learned the most from caddying. Hi, this is Jonathan Young from Rosamond, California, and I play at Edwards Air Force Base Club New York Golf Course. Brought to you by Dynamic Golfers. This is Golf Smarter number 836. Thanks, Jonathan. And Edwards Air Force Base? Dude, that's not far from where I live. Let's play together sometime. And... Congratulations, because your episode intro has just earned you a free year-long membership to Dynamic Golfers. Being a caddy made me a much better, much smarter golfer with entrepreneur Henry McGannon. This is Golf Smarter. 
sharing stories, tips, and insights from great golf minds to help you lower your score and raise your golf IQ. Here's your host, Fred Green. Welcome to the Golf Smarter Podcast, Henry. Thanks, Fred. Happy to be here. I'm excited that you had me on. Well, uh, I understand you really haven't been reaching out to podcasters very much. I'm a first for you. So you're the first you're the first podcast I've ever been on. Well, listen, it's going to be worth it for you and for the audience. So just chill out, relax. It's not nothing to be nervous about because uh, you have some great stories to tell. And that's what I love more than anything in golf is great golf stories. Um, and yeah. so we're going to talk about uh, uh, you, you as a player and you and more much more interested to have a caddy on. I love talking to caddies. So, and yep, you probably have you probably have some great stories, and then uh, later on you you started your own business, and I'm just excited for you, and we'll talk about that too. But let's get started with caddying. Um, you're not that old, so, and did you nope. start caddying? How old are you? I'm 26. Uh, okay. I started caddying when I moved to North Carolina for college. I went to community college in Pinehurst, so perfect place to start caddying. I was 17. Oh my gosh. Where'd you grow up? I grew up in Spring Lake, Michigan, which is a small town, like 30 minutes west of Grand Rapids. But you grew up playing golf. I grew up playing golf when I could. You know, you know how Michigan is. It's uh, maybe six <laughs> months out of the year. Yeah. <laughs> so as and, much as I could, for sure. Oh, but you were hooked. So what, do you, what is a kid who's hooked on golf and only gets to play six months out of the year? What do you do in the off season? You just play uh, other that's sports a good and question. think about it. <laughs> That's a great question. I, I, I was never a skier or a snowboarder, so oh boy, uh, pretty much just played basketball uh, through all throughout middle school and high school in the winter. That kept me busy uh, during that time of the year. Maybe a little video games, um, but yeah, it's, I was missing golf for half the year for sure. <laughs> and so many people, especially in Michigan in the in the uh, central west, the central part of the country. You get slammed, but you have some great golf courses and you have some great golfers there, but you just can't play. I just can't imagine that. I'm so glad I'm Yeah, no kidding. Golfing. The public golf in Michigan is unheard of. It's so good. So you, you moved to uh, North Carolina to go to college. How did you get started caddying? Uh, well, I moved to Pinehurst. Um, and wow. actually, believe it or not, my father was the caddy master in Pinehurst before I was born. Um, so he didn't have any pull or anything there at the time. Um, but he told me to go out there if you time it right at the beginning of the fall or the beginning of the spring, uh, resorts like that are always busy and always need extra caddies. So that's what I did. I went out there in, I believe September of 2013 and talked to the caddy master and he was like, yeah, come on, you can carry two bags. Let's go. Wow. Now, did yeah. you grow up hearing stories did your dad have stories about caddying? He did, yeah. He And he has like hundreds of them. He never really caddied a lot, uh, just if he really needed to on a busy day as the caddy master. Um, but he, he, just he, started he has out as of... He just started out as caddy master? Yep. Yep, he just started out as caddy position? master. Wow. Sorry? Don't you have to earn that position? Don't you have to... Um. Yeah, I guess so. I guess I never really asked him uh, how he just started out as caddy master. I think he grew up caddying when he was little uh, up okay. in Connecticut, just as a you know a kid at a country club. But yeah, he just jumped right into the caddy master spot. Wow, wow! 
So, so it was not something you said, uh, hey, hey, mom, dad, uh, I'm going to go start caddying. And they were like, oh, no, don't waste your time doing that. Your dad was probably all in when you told him about it. Oh, he was all in. He, he knew that uh, caddying meant free golf uh, for me. <laughs> and he knew that if I caddied a couple times a week, I'd make a couple hundred bucks. And that's money that he didn't have to send me. Oh, there you go. He's practical, too. Yeah, makes, very practical. That's the main reason why I'm still doing it. So how did caddying impact your game? I mean, you went to college because you wanted to play golf competitively? You went yeah, down that's to right. North Carolina was, for that? Yep. So I had some um, D1 offers in Michigan. The biggest one was Oakland University uh, to play golf for them. But it's just like we talked about earlier, you can only play for like six months out of the year up there. And yeah. they were going to, they went down to Orlando a couple times in the spring and a couple times in the fall. So we would have had some winter golf, um, but moving to North Carolina, playing at the community college, I knew I'd be able to play way more year round at least. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, that, that was really the reason why I ended up down there. Okay. And so what did caddying how, what kind of impact did it have on your game? Uh, well, just watching other people play and uh, seeing what types of shots work for other people, what kind of games they have. Do they hit similar shots to me? Do they hit uh, as good of shots as I do? Um, pretty much just paying attention to their games, observing, watching them play under pressure, watching them play while they're relaxed, really just observing their tendencies and thinking about that in terms of my game and how I could use that towards my game. And when you talk about them being under pressure, is this basically because they're playing for a couple hundred bucks or they're, or because I think that, was yeah, it the money or the was it the competition of, of maybe winning a club championship or anything? What did you yeah, see more so pressure? I started at Pinehurst, which is public, so there's no club championship or anything. And I think a lot of people, when they show up to a place like Pinehurst or the Ocean Course, where there's been majors, they're like, oh, Tiger's played here. Oh, Phil's played here. And they're nervous and they really want to play well. And in reality, those are a couple of the hardest courses in the world. <laughs> so it's going to be hard for them to play up to their expectations. Um, so when I say playing under pressure, you see it a lot on the first tee, guys talking about why they're nervous or how they're nervous. And uh, it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense because they're not playing in a tournament. They're not playing for money. But I think the main reason why people get nervous at courses like that is just the history of it. And they want to play well on their one chance to play that course. Sure. And uh, is there at Pinehurst, is there an area where there's the public sitting around in a uh, you know, outdoor dining or something where they can see that first tee. So there's eyeballs on them as well. There is the, you can't at Pinehurst so much see the first tee, uh, but you can definitely see the last shot of the day, the 18th green. Oh, and uh, one good story about that. I had a guy who probably shot 150 one day, <laughs> not a good, not a good player at all. <laughs> and we're, it was like a beautiful October afternoon and we're walking up the 18th hole and he managed to hit a drive in the fairway and he holed out from like 150 yards with at least 50 people on the porch watching. Oh, <laughs> and they my probably gosh. All thought, yeah, they probably all thought he shot like 68, but he in reality shot probably close to 150. But he has the shot of his life. This is like the only the story he... Life. It's the only story he has to tell. It, yeah. I mean... <laughs> it's the best story he has to tell for sure. 
oh my gosh. You know, it's yeah. like, oh, because well, somebody asked me about like my, my favorite golf shot once, you know, what, what's, what was your favorite? It's like, huh? I, you know, yeah. <laughs> I've not been comparatively speaking for someone my age, I've not been playing that long, but it's like, well, let's see, I've got, I've, I've had, you know, like an Eagle on par, a couple par fives. I've had an Eagle a couple times on par fours. I have one hole in one. And he goes, no, 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 you know, your favorite golf shot. I'm like, I don't know, <laughs> but yeah. a guy like this, that's the story. It's like, oh, well, let me tell you about the time I played Pinehurst. You know, yeah, that's a no-brainer for him. Right. I hold out from 150 on the 18th with a crowd of people watching. Really? What'd you shoot that day? Mm, 152. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you suck. Um, <laughs> I, I, so I love stories, crazy stories about uh, caddies and, and looping for people. I love the word looping. Looping for people. Um, so I'm going to see if I can dig into this with you and see if I can find some more interesting stuff. Uh, have you ever caddied for a famous person? Um, let's see. Directly for, I've caddied in Phil Mickelson's group. Uh -huh. uh, I've caddied for, yep, that was a good one. No, wait, don't uh, stop. Caddied... No, wait, like, don't go to other places. Let's stop right there. And okay. <laughs> there had to be a lot of money being exchanged during this round of golf. Uh, I mean, there was $100 given to me for doing absolutely nothing by Phil uh, at the end. <laughs> I Phil think gave you 100 bucks, and you didn't loop, you didn't carry his bag? No, this was in a pro-am, and it was actually before he and Bones split up, thankfully. So I got to see them talk and chat. And um, yeah, I, I didn't do a, a damn thing for him. And <laughs> at the end of the day, he... <laughs> Came over to me and handed me a hundred dollars and said, "Thanks for playing with us." Wow! But you weren't playing; you were just caddying. Yeah, I was. I was just caddying for a member at the club. Okay, listen, we're going to take a timeout. When we come back, I want to hear. I want you to try to remember and repeat some of the conversations that you overheard between Phil and Bones. Yeah, uh, for sure. If you can do great. All right, we're going to take a timeout. We'll be right back. This episode of Golf Smarter is brought to you by Dynamic Golfers. You know, you can spend thousands of dollars each year on gym memberships, golf lessons, and even new golf equipment. But do all those elements complete the package for better golf? Not necessarily. That's because each session of Dynamic Golfers' targeted mobility and stretching accelerates recovery, eliminates hip and low back pain, and restores a healthy range of motion. Beyond being simple, no matter how flexible you are to start, these effective dynamic golfers' routines target muscle imbalance that are common to golfers, and that's the key. Unlike working out at the gym, dynamic golfer sessions are designed specifically for a golfer's body and golfer's issues. Now, inside each 15 to 20 minute session are six to 10 different, let's call them poses that you hold for 20 to 45 seconds each. And they explain it as you go along. It's quite simple and very effective. So join the thousands of golfers around the world who make dynamic golfers part of their daily routine. It's only $9.99 a month. That's $9.99 a month. And other than getting a free membership to a gym, there's no better value for golfers than dynamic golfers. 
Go to dynamicgolfers.com slash golfsmarter and sign up for a seven-day free trial and 15% off your membership with the coupon code GOLFSMARTER. That's dynamicgolfers.com slash golfsmarter. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, so you got the chance to be a caddy. In a in a Phil Mickelson's group on a pro am, um, but you weren't carrying his bag. But Bones was carrying his bag, so you were there, yeah, like eavesdropping on Bones and Mickelson, basically. And we've all heard now that Bones has been on television. We've heard how chatty he can be and how insightful he can be as well. What did you learn that day for your own game? Oof, for my own game, uh, one of the main things I I, heard, I learned was uh, trusting your caddy. So we were on like the third or fourth hole. And uh, one of the players in the group was talking to Phil. They were asking him questions all day, understandably. And uh, we're on the green and this guy asked Phil, how do you read your putts? And uh, Phil had a nice short answer. He's like, I just, I hit it where Bones tells me to. And that's it. So really it is trusting your caddy. Pretty much just, yeah. But Phil really trusted Bones. And uh, I think they won four or five majors together. So yeah, understandably so. Wow. And um, what did you, did you hear anything between them that caught your attention? Like, oh, that was kind of interesting, whether it was an insight or tension or anything. Yeah, I heard them talking about how, so this was at a course called Eagle Point Golf Club, um, who hosted the Wells Fargo in 2017, because Quail Hollow had the PGA that year, and Quail usually hosts the Wells. So um, one thing I heard them saying uh, was that this was the best condition non-major course that they'd ever seen. So that was pretty surprising. And uh, I was really happy to hear that. I was proud of that because I was a caddy at that course. So sure, that was cool to hear. Yeah. Now, have you caddied at other courses? Yeah. So I uh, started at Pinehurst. I was there for about three years. And then I went to Eagle Point, the place where I caddied in Phil's group which is in Wilmington, North Carolina. And then from there, I moved up to Asheville, North Carolina, where I caddied at Biltmore Forest while I attended UNC Asheville. And now I'm full-time at the Ocean Course. So four courses. And you're still looping? Still looping, full-time, six days a week. Six days a week, how many rounds a day? Uh, Typically just one. We'll go twice in the spring and fall if it's really busy, but we have a lot of caddies. um, And the caddy masters out there do a great job of keeping everything organized. So for the most part, just one. You can do twice, go twice if you want, but that's a really long day. That's a really long day. And are you carrying two or four bags at a time? Uh, we're carrying two, two bags at a time, one on each shoulder. So you have two caddies going out at, together, generally? Yep, two caddies, four players. You got it. All right. I, I'm sure you've seen the entire gamut of of golf skills from... Obviously, you've played, you've watched Phil up close and personal, and you've watched a guy who shot 150 but made an amazing shot. Um, yeah. 
are there any times that you can remember that you've been asked to do things that were like, really, that's not my job description? <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, it definitely happens. Yeah. Uh, I would say the first thing that pops into my mind on that one is uh, a story. It was in Pinehurst. It was on number four. Occasionally, we would go caddy on number four, not just number two. Um, and this and you're done, actually you're not you're to pine horse. When you say pine horse four, you're not talking about hole number four. You're talking about course number four, right? Course number four. Yeah. Good, good, uh, good call. Course number four, not the fourth hole. <laughs> okay. Um, and we were on the 13th hole of course number four. And, uh, it was me and another caddy, four players, two caddies. And they were playing this game called the mother ball. And the way this game worked was it was just a regular golf ball, but marked up all crazy. And the ball rotated each hole from player to player. And the game was, if you lose the mother ball, it's a 10-stroke penalty for your team. So it's bad if you lose the mother ball. <laughs> yeah. Interesting game, I know. Um, so we're on 13, which is a short par 5 with water up the left side. And one of the players goes for it in two. Thankfully, it wasn't one of my players. And he puts the ball straight in the water. And we're walking up to the green and he asks his caddy, hey, would you mind going in there to get that ball? <laughs> so the caddy strips down to his boxers and literally dives into this disgusting golf course fertilizer pond <laughs> and comes out with the ball. <laughs> Was it just off the edge and he had to walk in or did he have to swim out to it? He didn't have to swim out to it, but he was down there. It was he was probably a good like waist deep at least. And then he had to like kind of go under to get the ball. So he was fully soaking wet when he came out. Well, you guys carry towels, but not for that purpose. <laughs> yeah, we carry pretty small towels. And usually by the 13th hole, they're covered in dirt if we're doing our job right. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. So the guy had to go. No, wait, there's no alligators out there, right? No alligators and piners. <laughs> that, uh, yeah, if they were playing that game on Kiowa, the answer definitely would have been no. But this caddy was happy to do it in Pinehurst. Interesting. Oh, that's a great story. Thank you. So what do you learn from, uh, you know, from caddying, but not just about people? It's, I'm more interested in the things that you would learn about playing a golf course and learning about reading golf courses. Oh, yeah. Course management. I would say if one part of my game has benefited the most from caddying, it's absolutely course management. Um, like for instance, a lot of times the second hole at the ocean course is, uh, it's ocean course is a Pete Dye course. So what he does is visual deception. He makes it look like there's nowhere to land your tee shot when in reality, there's a 60 yard fairway out there. So a lot of times while I'm caddying on the second hole and the guys are looking at it and I can see in their face that they're like, where do I hit this? This looks impossible. I'll tell them, look, to you, this looks impossible. But to me, I see if you know how far you hit your driver, then you have literally 100 yards of room out there to land this. So if we pick the right target, you got 50 yards on both sides. Um, so I would say course management is by far the thing that I've learned the most from, from caddying. How often do you suggest to somebody, it's like, you know what, I don't want to think you should take your driver here. I think maybe you should pull a three-wood or even hit, hit a five-iron and get yourself in good position. You don't need to go as far as you possibly can because, frankly, I've seen your short game and you, you need to yeah. hit a longer iron. You don't want to be within 30 yards. Yeah. You'd rather be in 80, 90 yards because you're better with that club. Um, 
Have you had to be in those positions where you, you call people and say, Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, I would say that's, I would like to be in that. Yeah, exactly. I would like to be in that position every day. Um, some players are more willing to listen to the caddy than others. I guess, uh, something I say to a lot of players is okay. Smart shot or fun shot. Where if we're 250 from the green and there's trouble up there, all surrounding the green because it's a tough course and the guy hits his three wood maybe 250. The smart shot here is just to lay up to his favorite yardage, which might be 80, it might be 100, wherever he's most comfortable hitting his approach shot from. Whereas the fun shot is just rip three wood. You're probably going to hit it in the junk, but it's the fun shot. Yeah, we have a thing that we say here on Golf Smarter a lot, and it's one of the things that I get fed back to me from my audience more than anything is never follow a bad shot with a stupid shot. Yeah. I was listening to, I heard that on one of the other podcasts that you were talking on. That's very good advice if you want to eliminate the others. Right, right. Um, and, you know, recently I've had to amend that for myself to never follow a bad result with a stupid shot because I, I recently hit one that ended up behind some trees. It was difficult. I couldn't see the flag. I knew that, that you know, don't go for it. Uh, but it wasn't a bad shot that I had. It was just a bad result. And that is something I had to keep in mind. It's like, well, I hit it well. Well, this is golf. You know, you hit it well and the wind took over. You're in a bunker or you're just behind trees. So don't worry about it. Yeah, that, that's something that uh, I think about a lot when I play. And uh, it kind of goes back to something that Bob Rotella, who's like a legendary golf psych sports psychologist, what he talks about is, you can't control the result. You might make a great swing. You might hit a great putt, but it's not always going to be the result that you want. You're not going to make all of your putts. And all you can control is putting your best stroke on it or sticking to the game plan of your swing thought, whatever that might be, and forgetting about the result. So that kind of goes back to a great quote from Bob Rotella. Great advice. Thank you. Uh, let's take another time out. We're gonna, we'll be right back and we'll talk more about your game and um, we'll get in and talk about your business, too. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Modern Mammals at ModernMammals.com, where you get 10% off when you use the code GOLFSMARTER. Now, if you were to ask me what my greatest asset was, you may be surprised that I wouldn't take more than a blink of an eye to tell you that it was my hair. Every barber I've had in my life raves about my hair. And even today, I get jealous comments because I still have a full head of healthy hair. Well, that's why I'm so happy that we have Modern Mammals showing their support for the Golf Smarter community. Modern Mammals' goal is to keep your hair and head natural. That means they don't distort your pH balance and natural oils like normal shampoos would. And unlike shampoos, the products from Modern Mammals don't have harsh detergents that suds up and dry out your hair and head. And unlike conditioners, they don't leave your hair limp and frizzy. Instead, they lightly clean your hair and scalp, cleansing hair while protecting its strength and texture. 
and their products are designed to make your hair feel thicker. So go to ModernMammals.com and use the code GOLFSMARTER, that's one word, GOLFSMARTER, for 10% off. That's ModernMammals.com, and use that GOLFSMARTER checkout code for 10% so they know that we sent you. And there's a link in our show notes to go directly to the Golf Smarter landing page. ModernMammals.com Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Henry, has. Um all of your efforts as a caddy just been concentrated in the North Carolina area? Or have you gone out in other states and or other locations and, and caddied as well? Uh, yeah, for the most part in North Carolina. Um, now that I'm down at the Ocean Course, that's in South Carolina. So right up the road, but yeah, Charleston, South Carolina area on Kiowa Island. Oh, well, wait, no, wait a minute. Pinehurst is in two different states? No, Pinehurst is definitely just in North Carolina, but Pinehurst oh, the is ocean where I started. Is... Okay. Yes. Yes. The ocean course is not in Pinehurst. Okay. All right. My bad. Um, now, have you caddied for other pros or is Phil like the closest you've ever come to a PGA Tour player? Uh, in Phil your, is the your... biggest name pro oh, that sure. I've caddied for, but I've, yeah, I've caddied for numerous uh, like not, I wouldn't say touring pros, but guys who are trying to make it out there, Corn Ferry guys, uh, guys who've played well in first, second, third stage of Q school. Uh, Phil's definitely the biggest name, but there's there's been a couple other pros that I've looped for. Like who? Give me a name. Uh, Derek Olin is one that comes to mind. Uh, he was at the Ocean Course a few months ago with his sponsor. Super cool guy from Arizona. Um, he actually won second stage of Q school this year and played poorly in third stage, so he got absolutely nothing out of it. Oh. Uh, talk about playing well at the right time. That's what they say. you got to play well at the right time. And right. Uh, he didn't quite have it this year, but uh, he will. He is, he's as good as uh, a couple other guys I've caddied for, like Zach Blair. This Derek Olin is definitely just as good as Zach Blair, who's made millions playing golf. Interesting. Boy, it's a fine line, isn't it, between total yeah. success and struggling? Yeah, it is. That it might be between the ears for a lot of the guys. Well, that's an interesting thing. Um, is you know we talk a lot about the mental side of golf and and the between the ears, but is there a mental a mental side to being a caddy? Because I can see where it would probably be very easy to be distracted or just not paying attention, not totally focused on that. Is there a mental side to being a caddy? Yeah, there definitely is. You got to, when you're caddying, especially at a resort, caddying for new people every day, you really got to know your audience. You got to know, okay, this guy wants all the information in the world. He wants to know how far it is to carry the bunker, how far it is to the front of the green, how far it is to the flag. Um, and then you got guys who just want the, the yardage. They just want to know it's 150 to the flag. Uh, they don't care about the wind. They, they want to do all that on their own. So <laughs> mentally, you really need to know what your player wants from you and what they need. And 
In addition to that, it's really easy to give too much information, which I've noticed oftentimes giving players too much information actually gets them thinking too much. They'll start thinking about what they don't want to do versus what they want to do, which is the worst thing that can happen. Um, so I would say the mental side is really just knowing your audience, knowing when to shut up and knowing when to give them all the information you possibly can. How many holes does that take you to figure out? That's a great question. Uh, usually three or four. So on the first couple holes, I try to pretty much just straight facts. Like this is the yardage. This is where you want to hit it. This is what your putt is going to do. And then I kind of notice how they take and use that information and can sort of read that and go from there. Oh, that's really interesting. And how many holes does it take you to figure out their personality? What kind of golf personality they have? Usually I can figure that out but before we get to the first hole. So I'll typically meet my players an hour before their tee time and I'll hang out with them on the range. I'll make sure their clubs are spiffy and clean. Um, and just by watching them hit balls and talking to them, uh, I can usually get a good idea of how I say what I like to say is their golf level, their golfness. Um, mm -hmm. How often do they play? How much they think about golf? Um, so I can typically figure that out before we even hit our first tee shot. Is there a type of golf personality that you're attracted to that you you seem to jive with much better than others? Yes, you know absolutely. I, mean? I jive like, extremely uh, well. If with, I had to give examples, it's like, are you more attracted to super competitive guys or are you more attracted to the, the low key guy? Um, I'm attracted to anybody who wants to play well and enjoys golf. It, it doesn't really matter if they want to win whatever match they're playing. Uh, I'd say competitive usually helps for sure. Um, but anybody who actually wants to play their best and is willing to be patient and is willing to listen to me and is willing to take their time and figure out what their best strategy is on each shot. I love that because that makes it easier for me to stay engaged. And I really, I'm rooting for the guy if he wants to play well. Awesome. And what about your level of play? Um, has being a caddy made you a better golfer? Being a caddy has absolutely made me a better golfer, yes. It's really helped me more so with anything than uh, course management, for sure. It helps me think my way around the course because I think for other people all day while I'm caddying, so I'm pretty good at just making the right decision on the course. Executing is always a different different thing. And what about your level of success? How uh, are are you planning on going to Q school or would you like to be on the tour or have you gone as far as you think you're going to go as far as competitive golf? Um, I definitely like to be on the tour. Um, I always imagine turning pro, you know, growing up in Michigan, the golf isn't quite as competitive as it is down here in the South. So I always thought, you know, I'll move to the South. I'll get a little better and for sure I'll, I'll turn pro and give it a shot. Um, but when I moved down here, I realized there's a lot of good golfers. And uh, while I did continue to improve and compete with Division I golfers and beat them occasionally, um, I, so, I sort of realized that 70 kind of needs to be your bad day if you want to really try to make money at it. And wow. um, I'd say like 75 is still my bad day. So I'm not quite there yet. So I think I may have sort of apexed uh, in terms of 
turning pro, but I'll always keep working on my game. I'll always try to play in 10 to 12 qualifiers a year. I think competitive golf is really good for me uh, mentally. Um, but I, I don't, I don't know if I'll ever turn pro at this point. Hmm. Interesting. And what, what is the, uh, level of success that you've had for yourself? Uh, well, my community college, we won the national championship my freshman year. So that was really wow. cool. And you were yep. on, you were on the team playing for, cause I know when you, you know, when you get into college, the freshmen's don't necessarily get a chance to play that often cause the team is so small. Right. Yeah. They, we only bring five players to matches or right. we only did bring five players to matches when I was there. Um, but, but yeah, I was a starter. I played number four all year. Um, four of the five guys on National that team ended up playing. Wow. Yep. 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 Really cool. Sand Hills Community College. Go Flyers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it was up in New York and uh, it was a pretty fun little course and my teammates did all the work. It was fun to be a part of. That's very cool. And when was that? That was in 2014. Okay. And since then, any more see, awards the on year, the trophy? trophy yeah, the next year we went back to Nash, back went back to nationals, and uh, we ended up losing by two shots. Oh. Um, yeah, which is a really small margin considering you know the final total of shots for each team is like in the 1100s. Um, so we just lost that one. Wow. Um, and individually, I've won some county championships. I won one up in Michigan, the Muskegon County. I won one in Asheville, the Asheville Amateur. Um, numerous like little CGA, Carolina's Golf Association, one-day events. I've played in a bunch of state AMs. Uh, just little qualifiers, stuff like that. My ultimate goal at this point is to play in the USAM. Wow. Well, well, I wish you all the luck to be able to do that. That would be amazing. And if you do, can you please get back to us? We want to hear oh, from absolutely. you again. <laughs> be like, I got to call Fred. I got into the USAM. Right. Exactly. It's like, hey, first <laughs> podcast, got to do, not your last one, I'm sure, but first one. Listen, we're going to take another time out, and I want to hear all about your business. All right? We'll be right back. This week on Golf Smarter Mulligans is part five in our nine-part series, Spring into the Golf Season with Tony Manzoni, that will run through the end of April. On this episode, I was actually amazed at Tony's club choices in his bag and that he only carried two wedges, but he explained the importance of being able to make multiple types of shots with every club. Uh, the great players like Hogan, he would hit every club in the bag in, during a practice round, 25 times, and he hit them different trajectories, left to right, right to left, high and low. Uh, and he could stand out there and with his whole set of clubs and hit a green about 150, 160 with every club in the bag, including the driver. So he had the ability to speed it up or slow it down and still make a, a legitimate swing and, and hit the ball flush. That's what's missing today. If a person would take the clubs that they have and practice with them and use them for different distances, you'd be surprised. They could literally eliminate some of the clubs in their bag and still, have, and still be able to play without any problem. So as I was laying in bed last night, I realized that I told you about my favorite greenside chipping tip from Tony, but a critical element that I forgot to mention was that when you use this method, 
When you use the putting stroke with your 8-iron, you need to have the toe of the club down on the ground. Usually in your setup, you may have the sole of the club flat or even a little bit toe up. But for this, you need to have the heel off the ground and put the toe of the club down and keep the club head close to your feet. The same way you'd set up with your usual putting stroke. Now, my playing partners know that I rarely, if ever, putt from the fringe. And if I'm going with this method, I'm either going to put it in or be tapping close, chipping with this 8-iron method. Tony's book, The Lost Fundamental, One Simple Move, Better Golf Forever, is available on Amazon. And the video of the same name can only be seen online on our private channel. If you'd like to see it, send me a request at golfsmarterpodcast at gmail.com. For more on Tony, visit golfsmarter.com slash Tony. That's Golf Smarter Mulligans, the best of the Golf Smarter archives, being released every Friday. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Henry, you you actually initially approached me um, with an email because you're starting your own business. I love entrepreneurs. I love the idea because, you know, listen, don't worry about the horse being blind, just load the wagon. As, as I talked about a lot in my, um, when John Madden died, he was a mentor of mine and um, he used to say that to me all the time. So I started my own business not knowing what I was going to be doing and, and that's worked out well for me. So I want to hear about your business. Um, let, let's start out what it is that you have that you're selling to golfers. Cool. Uh, so what we are offering golfers is high-end golf shirts at an affordable price. Um, that's a great that's combination right there. Yeah, yeah, you got it. Uh, the golf shirts are awesome. We're learning a lot about uh, everything that goes into making a golf shirt, and we've made probably our best golf shirts yet. They're really nice. Um, the, the, the main reason why I started this company is because growing up and all throughout college, the only golf shirts I really had were golf shirts that I'd either won in tournaments or golf shirts from golf courses I worked at. And uh, I was thinking about it one day. I was wondering why I never bought golf shirts, and I realized that I just couldn't afford them. So um, with that being said, I, I thought about it. There's a lot of other golfers like me who might not have $100 to spend on a golf shirt when they'd rather spend that money on golf balls or golf gloves or greens fees. Um, so <laughs> right. I, I looked into it, and golf shirt. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I, we really just want to make high-end golf shirts affordable so everybody can afford them. So what, what in your mind, what does that mean, a good golf shirt, a high-end golf shirt? What is that? Good question. A high-end golf shirt to me is like a performance material, a polyester spandex blend. So what ours are, the 92% polyester, 8% spandex, which is stretchy. It's great when it's super hot out. Um, because the sweat doesn't go through them. You, you can't see it that you're sweating. Um, it's moisture wicking, I guess, is a better way to put that. Um, let's see. On top of that, 
they're wrinkle-free. Uh, pretty much any aspect of a high-end golf shirt that you might have, your favorite golf shirt, ours have as well. So who, what to you is the gold standard in golf shirts? And I'm, not, I'm talking about quality, not price, um, because that can range from any major brand to small brands. Um, but for you, wh what do you see like this is who we're going after? Um, well, I, I always tell people the gold standard in golf shirts is Peter Millar and Foot Joy. They make the nicest stuff. There's, you can't deny it. They hands down have the nicest clothes, nicest golf shirts. Um, and we're really modeling our shirts after theirs. Our prints and designs are totally different and our pricing is definitely different, but they're the gold standard of quality in golf shirts. And we really try to model our stuff after them and, uh, use them as inspiration. And do you have a designer who's, are you just going, well, let's pick this color and here's a shirt in that color. What, what do you do with that? Yeah, I'm, I'm the designer. I do it all myself. I, uh, I design them on Adobe oh, Illustrator, wow. which is way more robust than I thought it was going to be when I first started this. Adobe is a really great <laughs> yes, product. Yes, it is. It, it took me a long time just to figure out how to make simple patterns. Um, yep. But it's actually, we have a great supplier. So I just send the supplier all of my favorite designs and uh, they, they make it happen. Oh, wow. And a variety of styles and, and um, not just the designs? You have a, a good variety or are you starting small and working your way up? We're starting small and working our way up. Right now we have our, we just want to make sure our shirts are as nice as we can possibly make them. So with that being said, we just want to smoke it, uh, focus on a few shirts in the meantime, make sure they're as good as they can possibly be. And right now they're uh, pretty simple patterns. They're standard stuff like polka dots or uh, stripes, solid colors, pretty standard golf shirts right now. We're just really focused on the quality of the shirt itself. I've noticed there's a lot of, I don't want to call it street wear, but there seems to be some influence from the street to the golf course. And, you know, there, there are new uh, golf apparel companies coming out with stuff that's directed at a much younger audience. Um, and it sounds like what you're doing is going for a much broader audience. Uh, yeah. So with the streetwear, it's, um, I think there's a lot of people who are getting into golf now, especially now that COVID's hit. Uh, we like to call them COVID golfers out at the ocean course, people who probably never would have played, but now they're playing because they don't have anything else to do. Um, so with that comes a lot of new players, younger players who see the culture of golf probably as stuffy and uh, old school, and but they love the game. So they want to be able to express themselves out there on the golf course in their own way uh, without having to wear, you know, knickers and a button up shirt. Like the way we kind of look at golfers, non-golfers look at the way golfers dress. So with that being mm -hmm. said... A lot of streetwear is coming about. People want to wear T-shirts while they play golf. They want to be comfortable out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so tell me about now you, you're trying to be competitive on pricing. Tell me what you're doing there. Yeah, well, I think um, I've always thought golf shirts were way overpriced, and uh, they really don't need to be. They're not that expensive to produce, even if you're making the nicest quality golf shirts possible with uh, whatever uh, – fabric blend that you want to use, it's actually not that expensive to produce these shirts. So if we're able to sell them directly to the consumer 
it's pretty easy to make them affordable. It's, it's not, uh, not impossible. It's very viable to make these golf shirts affordable, even though they're as high end as it gets. Really? So what's the pricing? Uh, 45 is what we charge for our nicest shirts. Um, that's a wow. price point that we think, yeah, it's a price point that we think most golfers can afford. And that's our whole goal is to provide high end shirts, uh, at an afford, uh, price that most golfers can afford. Yeah. Uh, I'd say 45 is very affordable, especially if you're talking about high quality shirt, um, and not a ton of design, just some design to them. I really like your, your logo though, the little gesture logo for, uh, your company. Thanks. Appreciate that. Yeah. Did you design that yourself as well? Yep. I did that myself as well. I actually, the other day I was looking at, I have the, I literally drew it out by hand and then, <laughs> and then <laughs> my graphic designer friend made it a real thing and turned it into a file that I can send and put on shirts or whatever. Have you always had a knack for drawing things and, and you just like doodling like that? Nope, not at all. <laughs> not at all. I just, um, <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't know where to look for a logo. I didn't know, uh, where to start at all, really. So I just drew down a couple things that I thought were cool, and the jester hat came out of that. And why a jester? What, what inspired the jester? So the jester is inspired by being the opposite of a crown. So golf is oh, okay. typically thought of as an elitist sport that only very wealthy people can play. And I think having a crown as your logo kind of represents that, actually. So with that being said, I tried to think about what is the opposite of a crown and uh, what okay. sort of represents the majority of people. And I'm not saying the majority of people are jesters by any means, but a jester hat is the opposite of a crown. So that is, that's where the jester comes from. It, uh, I want people to understand that we're not going for just uh, wealthy, affluent golfers. We are targeting anyone who loves golf in general. Mm, good call. Um, so wait, is uh, $45 the base price for your shirts and then they go up from there or is it the average price? What's the deal? 45 is the price for all of our shirts, no matter what. Oh, all of the shirts. All of the wow. shirts. Every every shirt we'll sell forever will be forty five dollars. We'll never have a higher end shirt, or not higher end. We'll never have a more expensive shirt than forty five dollars. That competes with Costco prices. That's amazing, and I would never buy a golf <laughs> shirt on at Costco. Right. Um, I because I like having logos of some sort when I'm you know my golf shirt. It helps me remember what courses I've been to, but it also is like someone says, oh, you've played there? Yeah, I have. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, no, this was a gift. Um, <laughs> well, I, I just can't, because I can't, I'm trying to think of shirts that I've purchased, and I immediately, when I walk into a pro shop, I'll go to the sale rack and go, oh, here's one for marked down to 65 bucks. Yeah, I can, I can see myself doing that, but 45 is just an outrageously great price. Now, it, there's shipping. You're not doing free shipping, are you? Uh, we did. We do free shipping occasionally. We'll just do like a promotion. Um, but shipping is only five dollars. Uh, the total oh. shirt cost. Yep, the total shirt cost is going to be about fifty dollars, including shipping. Okay, but if I buy two shirts, am I spending a hundred? Am I spending ninety-five? And what am I worrying about the five bucks? If you buy two shirts, so we do free shipping on orders over seventy-five. So if you were going to buy two shirts, it'd be ninety dollars. 
Uh, I'd love to have Golf Smarter shirts, but I'm not going to put that on you because that's a lot more expense to add new logos and stuff to sell to the Golf Smarter community. But I am going to ask you to see if, I mean, $45 is a great price, but I'm being a real, uh, I'm being kind of aggressive here, but what's the incentive for the Golf Smarter community to, to come out and maybe check out realgolfers.co? Uh, dot co. Good call. Not dot com. Dot co. Uh, <laughs> so we'll the incentive that. is just uh, if you love golf, we love golf, too. And we'd be honored to have you wearing our shirt. Uh, the incentive is certainly the price. We want everyone to be able to afford our shirts. And uh, we do we will be doing a 15 percent off for uh, Golf Smarter fans. Whoa, that's um not a tremendous amount of money, but it's a very generous offer. And thank you very much. So 15% off of the $45 for the Golf Smarter community at realgolfers.co. Um, thank you. That's very kind. I appreciate that. Um, and what, what do they do to receive the discount? Is there a coupon code if you're ordering online or just put in Golf Smarter? Yep, we'll, we'll do a coupon code, just Golf Smarter, all one word, no caps, just Golf Smarter. Perfect. 15% off of all it. orders on realgolfers.co. Well, I can't wait to uh, make my order so I can, so I can get one and, and wear it proudly. Absolutely. We would love your support. Again, Henry has just recently launched this business and has chosen the Golf Smarter community to check out his shirts. Really, at 45 bucks with an additional 15% off with a checkout code GOLFSMARTER, there's not much downside. And golf shirts, like balls and gloves, are dispensables, right? So head over to realgolfers.co, not .com, but realgolfers.co.co and take advantage of his very generous offer. Now, speaking of generous... How'd you like to receive a full-year membership to Dynamic Golfers valued at $90? All you have to do is announce the Golf Smarter episode number at the beginning of the show. Just send me an email requesting to do an episode intro, and once I get your voicemail, I'll send you the link to Dynamic Golfers' year-long membership. This one should really be a no-brainer. So to introduce an upcoming Golf Smarter episode, click on the Hey Fred button at GolfSmarter.com and let me know you want to play. I'll write you back with very simple instructions and which episode number. Once I get your voicemail, you'll get a full year's membership to Dynamic Golfers. But do it now because this offer is going to expire pretty soon. And this is the time of year that I remind you to please post an honest review of Golf Smarter from wherever you listen to the show so that other golfers can also find us. And if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions for upcoming topics, or maybe you'd like to introduce the next episode, please click on the Hey Fred button at GolfSmarter.com. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. And remember, Golf Smarter listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Golf Smarter. Please visit Indeed.com slash Golf Smarter right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed here. That's Indeed.com slash Golf Smarter. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.